0: Hey guys, this is Ashley Fox. I am the founder and CEO of Empify and you are now listening to Lauren Reed Live on Wood Ice Radio.
1: This is a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Americans, hey, it's, it's your girl Lauren Reed, and you are now locked 70 into
2: 70 Lauren Reed Live, right a really here on Water history, Ice Radio, history,
0: history, the show the where you get a little history. scoop of everything.
1: Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the O-Z. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the R-O-C. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Jay the Gentleman, and you're listening to Lauren Reed Live on Water Ice Radio, powered by waterice.com, your scoop to everything Philly. Now, let's go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. let uh-huh. Hey, 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 uh-huh. hey. Uh-huh. hey. Uh-huh. what you got.
2: Hey everybody, it's your girl Lauren Ree, right here on Water Ice Radio. Hey everybody, it's your girl Lauren Ree, right here on Water Ice Radio. It's Tuesday night, and we're back, everybody. I'm excited to be in the building, excited to be back with you guys. You could be anywhere else, but you're here with me, and I have a special co-host tonight. Everybody, I have Mr. J to the Jones, Mr. Good Vibes Only. He's in the building again. Thank you, James, for coming to the show.
1: Thanks for the invite.
2: You know, I know it was last minute, but we good like that. You could just stop through.
1: Last 24 hours, that's good. I've gotten later invites, so I appreciate the timing. (laughs)
2: Like like 15, 30 minutes (laughs) invites?
1: Five minutes of massage your door invites.
2: Oh, that's like personal. Like, Oh, I don't do those. I don't do those either can't do those type of pop-ups unless you're paying bills up in this, John. You can't, you can't do those type of Can I pay a water
1: up. bill? Does a water bill count as a pop-up bill? That's a
2: utility. If I have to pay water it's a utility, absolutely. Oh. I would prefer you pay for the rent or the mortgage if you want to pop-up but, I mean
1: What about the gas bill in the summertime?
2: No. That's like $13. You said the The electric bill in the summertime.
1: Do you have gas AC? It'll
2: no. AC. I have a, I have I have units.
1: Oh, electric's not getting... No, that's a lot.
2: That's a lot. So then you can't pop up. That's not necessary then. Okay. I was just saying. All right, we just completely just went off task. But anyway, guys, we are back here. (laughs) No, it's cool if we go off task. That's the whole point of the show. Um, We have a really, really good show tonight. We're really excited. We have a guest coming through. We have... (laughs) You just said no, I'm not paying. Sorry. She's like no electric i'm sorry you threw me completely off yeah, that, was,
1: that was my fault um i kind of went off script like lauren was had this nice script like laid out i said uh, script like i said shrimp i feel real bad now you are
2: silly yo all right let me start over again tonight everybody we have a really good show lined up. we have a really great guest her name is ashley fox she is the founder of amplify um and she is just Big time. She's been in in Forbes magazine, Black Enterprise, you name it. She's been in there and her business is dope. She's a woman on Wall Street and she know all about that money. So because of that, tonight our playlist is really all around that mugga, that moolah, some of them bills, that stuff that you need to pay them bills. Jay, right? Or
1: you put your bills on credit or put your bills in someone else's name.
2: No, we're not going to promote that the people do that. That's not what we do here on Lauren Relive. We, we want people to be great. excellence. Okay. Financial freedom.
1: And you do that by not paying your
2: bills. Yourself. Okay. See, that's why we have Ashley here tonight on the show, because you need clearly some help in that area. I actually do. No, you don't. We, I'm not going to put you out on blast or live on the radio, but you definitely don't need no help in that area. Y'all don't listen to him. But really quick, before we do go to a quick music break, talk about Good Vibes Only real quick.
1: So um, Good Vibes Only, uh, it's an organization that I started basically to get people out there to have fun after work. So next Friday, we're going to be at Spin Philadelphia. Spin, hey. spin playing some ping pong. It's free. Come out after work. We got, uh, mm-hmm. we be having drink specials literally until 12 a.m. Yeah, It starts at 7 o'clock. We got A Boogie DJing. Plus, some other people I may bring this stop through just to have some fun. So, come through. We got some free ping pong tables. I'm giving out some GVO shirts. RSVP at GVOHH at eventbrite.com. And that's pretty much it.
2: Speaking of which, I have nothing that says GVO, and I feel like we're better friends than that. I should have a GVO shirt. I got you. Yeah, that's what they always say, right? right? Yeah. But like, make sure y'all go sign up on that event right page. I've been to Spin many times. Spin is really fun, and I don't play ping pong, and it's still a really fun place to go. Drinks are popping there, for sure. i slide through. You know I don't go out.
1: She don't go out.
2: I don't go out, but I have come to a couple of GVO things. Maybe I'll put this one on the list because I do like Spin. I really do. All right, everybody, so you know what time it is. We got to go ease you into the show. We got some music for you, and then when we come back, we're going to hit you guys up with a ratchet recap. We got a couple good stories to talk about, one in which is one of our, I don't want to say favorite shows, but we do both do like this show and have had debates about it before, which is Insecure. So make sure y'all stay tuned. Me and my boy Jada Jones from Good Vibes Only, we will be right here on Water Ice Radio on the Lauren Live Show. Don't go anywhere. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Lauren Ree, and I got my boy, Jada Gentleman, yeah, here with yeah. me. And we are about to pay some bills, everybody.
0: That's right. First off, shout out to Samsung Technologies. They provided us with equipment for our post and pre-production needs. Thank you for that.
2: Mm-hmm. And then we have the Newsstand Association of Philadelphia. They have over 50 screens across Center City with our show playing on exclusively. So thank you to them.
1: Yes, yes. And last but certainly not least, we got
0: Boom 103.9 Philly. Boom. Thank you very much. We are on their website. You can check us out. Go to the top of the website. Hit the website exclusives. All that good stuff. We got our amazing content and we got more coming up. So please stay tuned.
2: Yeah, guys, we're going back to the show right now. Don't go anywhere. Yes. And we are back, everybody. It's your girl Lauren Reed, right here on What A Ice Radio. And we are back. And that was the Notorious B.I.G. with more money, more problems. Because tonight, again, all of our songs are around that mugger, that money, that moolah, and how we can invest it and keep it because of our special guest this evening, which is Miss Ashley Fox. She is the founder of Amplify, and she has a really cool business, but we're not going to get into all of that yet. That's for our special hour, But because we had to take care of some business. And you always know what we do when... We had the Larry Live show. Jay, when you come on, we got to do the Ratchet Recap, right? Yes. Yes. So the Ratchet Recap is a part of the show where we talk about anything and everything that is ratchet. So it could be sports. It could be trending topics. It could be celebrity gossip. It could be politics. It could just be pretty much about anything. And sometimes, y'all, the Ratchet Recap can be about you. So don't get caught out there doing nothing ratchet, because we will talk about you. There's
1: a chance that the Ratchet Recap may contain you, and then you find out later on recap was about you. Exactly. You
2: don't want to be caught out there. Definitely don't be caught out there. I've been in a rational recap for some time. You know, Jay Jay has put me out there the Jada the Gentleman every now and then. I've done something like over the weekend and he'd be like, remember when we was such and such? And I'd be like, here you go again. Always fronting and front of the company. Like, I like her
1: petty translator. I'll leave
2: it at that. Uh, she hasn't been out in a while. She
1: throws a lot of shade.
2: She does. We'll talk about her on the break. But anyway, guys, we got a couple good stories really quick. So Charlamagne the God has been in the news. Usually when you start in you Well, Charlamagne has been up there for a minute, but he's been getting some... He's at a different level now. He's at a different level now, so stuff is going to start to come out, right? So recently there was an old interview, which actually was on his podcast, where he had his wife on the show, and he talked about their... Well, okay, so the topic of the show that night, they were talking about rape culture. Basically, like, date rating date raping and like people doing stuff like that his wife was on the show and they were talking about the first time that they had sex and basically he insinuated that he said I basically raped you the first time that we had sex well uh, we both were really really drunk and and intoxicated so they cut the clip there and didn't play the rest of the clip so it was all these headlines about charlamagne Basically, admitting that he raped his wife the first time that they ever had sex.
1: So, this is a very touchy subject as a guy that works. So, I'm going to just tread. Not, it's not a touchy subject. It's, it's, it's like, uh, wait I mean, a mean,
2: I get why you would want to tread lightly, but let's go, let's fast forward to today. Today on the show on the Breakfast Club, he decided to talk about these um, allegations of him raping his wife. He actually. Called his wife. His wife. If you guys notice, Charlamagne, she's never around. He never talks about her. You never really see any pictures of him. He really keeps her like. You don't see her kids.
1: You don't see her. Like he's all that in the back. Some
2: people I've heard people say Charlamagne's married, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah." like whatever. It's a couple pictures of her on the internet, but whatever. So he actually called her up live on air so they could clear up these allegations. So he says to her, "Did I rape you the first time we had sex?" Um, she says, that's not what happened. We both know what happened, and I was not passed out. I was very coherent. She said, even enough that I had to lift my hips up so you could take off, you could take off my underwear. So he was like, yo, chill. I don't even be having you on the show like that. You don't have to do all this. But she was like, I'm making a point, though. I knew exactly everything that happened that night. And plus, when we woke up the next morning, we had sex again. So it wasn't like I was feeling the remorse or anything like that. It definitely was not rape. Right. But she goes on to be upset with him to say, really, the problem is, is how you address the first incident. You use the the terminology of rape instead of using the terminology of rape culture. So basically, pretty much these headlines is pretty much your fault for the most part. So, you know, I kind of want to get everybody's thoughts on kind of like the topic because I, I mean, do you really feel I mean, it's his wife. Do you really feel like he really needed to address the
1: issue I, at this point? I feel like any time like in today's society that you have anything with regard, regarding Me Too, any of that stuff, you have to address it. I mean, you got corporate dollars mm-hmm. behind you. Right. I know he just has another book coming out. He does. I've seen Charlamagne grow from he has back a, when he's with Wendy Williams.
2: And an HBO special. Uh, is it HBO or Showtime? He has a show coming on one of those big networks,
1: too. Probably, probably Showtime. But, like, yeah. Charlamagne been grinding for a while. Like, people, a lot of times people think it's overnight success. He's been working for a minute. Like I remember I used to stop working with him and Wendy Bill off the air because I was in sales. Okay. A long, long time ago. So I saw I've seen this whole transition in his group. So he has a lot to lose, you know, like right. I mean and so you, you have to you have to clarify these things. Uh, and it's all before with regards to rape culture, there it's like when you grow up, like if you look at our music growing up, like nineties, early nineties rap, um, you can listen to Dre's first album, like like, you hear the way you talk about women, what they're talking about, like, songs about putting stuff in girls' drinks. Currently, it's all around us, but it's kind of like the cloud that no one kind of talks about. So, um, you just have to watch yourself. That's all I can say. And, uh, you know, and speak your truth. But also, you no, know, you can't use those words anymore. It's not like the old time. Like, you have, you have a term, per- permanent record of whatever you say. Mm-hmm. So, right now, if I say something crazy and say I want to be mayor in 20 years, Someone's going to find the clip. Like,
2: so that's what I was going to say. Like, you're not thinking. Well, let's be clear about could something. Be president Charla- though. Charlemagne was still Charlemagne at the time when him and his wife did this podcast. So he may have not been Breakfast Club Charlemagne, but he still was working in radio and doing things of that nature. So I don't necessarily know if I know if it was really smart for him to even really have a conversation in regards but, to.
1: But you, but if, see, if us men can't have conversations. We we can't grow and figure out, hey, this was wrong. Oh, or this is where i have been. So we can't have a dialogue. We we all can't dialogue about a situation. How do we grow? We can't become, we can't learn. We can't change. We can't say, we can't look inward and say, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. That was messed up on my part. Right. But, you know, you have to have that introspection and that communication. So, like, you have to allow people their messed ups or slip ups if it allows for growth and more awareness. Because the worst thing you want is for people to be quiet happens a lot of times is women don't feel comfortable coming forward talking about the situation because of the stigma. Same thing with men where I'm in my 20s, I may have had a mess situation, I don't say anything or communicate to other young men that like, this is not cool, like, you want to keep out of those situations, then I'm doing a disservice.
2: So basically, him having a conversation, you believe that him having the conversation, bringing up the dialogue is, basically helpful to have other dialogue I think. The but, com- I mean but I don't I think do you the really conversa- think it was in this context? I
1: think the conversation of the rape culture conversation that he has a lot of times mm-hmm. in his podcast they bring it up as a way to, to bring awareness like oh wow in the early 90s like we was crazy like we was doing this we were all drinking like we all were drinking underage in college that's
2: true
1: crazy stuff when you're 19 if, I, if I'm 19 she's 19 we're drinking stuff happens I'm a bad guy if she wants to point you out to be the
2: bad guy. But if we're both drunk,
1: I don't really remember. I, w- I can wake up just as much not knowing as she has.
2: That's true. But you, we riding on thin ice.
1: See, see, but see how the, the man gets to automatically, so a lot of it is talking to guys, saying you got, you got to protect yourself. Yeah. Because you could be thinking you're in the right, just like a lot of times you may have been intoxicated or you may have been out, and people thought you was coherent, but you don't really remember what happened. Or maybe that's just me in college, so I don't know.
2: So now we don't know the levels of people, whether they're coherent or not?
1: If there's a question, you need to back off. I don't know that much.
2: I mean, clearly, if you have to ask whether she's coherent, then she's probably not coherent.
1: Not coherent. See, I'm about to. Not coherent, but it's kind of. Some people can hold your liquor better than other people. Yeah. So, until you don't hold your liquor. Okay. So. That's, that's all I'm saying. All right, no, no
2: mean, Everybody has the right to their opinion in regards to it. I'm just saying that he had to clear this up, of course, because he's Charlamagne at this point. He was make, doing do, million-dollar deals, so he had to clear this up. Get and he had to. And you can definitely tell that she was like, Ugh, I don't even like for people to know that I exist. Like, let's hurry up and do this so I can go ahead and hang,
1: hang hey, you it all. You don't even know it was her. I'm messing around.
2: I think you, that's, that's a stretch. All right, let's move on real quick. So I said before the break, this is a story that I wanted to talk about. Um, Insecure comes back on August 16. Do you watch Insecure, Ashley?
1: Yes. Who's your favorite character? Or who do you hate?
0: <laughs> I don't think I hate anyone. I don't. I'm not. I'm not that kind of
1: personality. Who do you strongly dislike when they come across? The I screen? like the
0: first question. Who is your favorite character?
2: Who do you relate to the most? If you do to any of them,
0: neither. no. I think I'm a culmination of everybody on the okay. show. Okay. There's you. like I'm not all Issa. But well, what's up what's Molly? Her?
1: I'm not all her either. So right? what part of Issa, what part of Molly are you? Oh
0: gosh! See, see,
2: That's a whole other. <laughs> That's a whole podcast. That's a whole other
1: episode, right? <laughs> they good the, the aspects. Molly's a hardworking person in corporate America to grind, right? Yeah, but I'm
0: not as detached from the world as Molly either, though. Like she's like, you she, you block you put yourself in a box by doing it, as opposed to being. But I don't. I'm not as free as Issa either. So I, I'm. I don't know. I, well, I'm not cool. as wild. What's the light skin one? Not as wild as the light skin one either. Um, Amanda Sills? Amanda Sills? I don't. I just know it's the, the light skin one. She just got married, or she's married. She, yes, that's Amanda yeah. Sills. Yeah. I think I'm, I have. It's it's cool because I can thoroughly understand.
2: I think everyone can relate to yeah, some in uh, each way, piece of some more. of the piece uh, of the character. Well, what about you? Who do you relate to the most uh, out of the main characters?
1: I relate to Lawrence's best friend, even though I'm not married. Lawrence's best. Which one e- is he? Amanda uh, um, husband. I mean, this oh, his okay. husband. No.
2: You're no. talking about the one that's not married that he went to go live with on the couch? Yes. He's not married. He's still a playboy.
1: Oh, yeah. I believe well, the most. Okay. Yeah. That's right. not. That be sound real bad, but yeah. Yeah,
2: but the, I mean, that's his character. He's the one that was telling him he was just smashing the old girl. Like, that's. Yeah. yeah.
1: Could, but you have to have, like, real friends to tell you, like, if, you, if you're not that bold, and Lawrence probably isn't that guy, you need to have friends that tell you you're not that guy. It's about having your circle around, and that's a real. Like everybody thinks that guys are telling dudes, "Oh yeah, go out there, get that, get that, get that." Some dudes are like, "Yo, bro, that's not you. Get a girlfriend." Well, I'm Chill glad.
2: Out. I'm glad we put up Lawrence because Lawrence will not be making an appearance on season three. I and mean, some people are really, 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 really <laughs> upset about it. What did you? you <laughs>
0: No. You shouldn't. No, really? You shouldn't. I think I think you get to I think guys get to a point in age where they think. I don't think you're in your 20s saying, you need a girlfriend. Like, come on. Thank you. I'm 33. I appreciate you, though. But you were saying you that. Said you just the, said, said that the opposite. Yeah, you said the opposite. I said, oh, I said that. that. That we do tell our no, friends that, that. that. Oh, no. We,
1: no, we tell our friends to chill out. Like, if it if, if In their 30s and 40s. Even in, in their 20s. Admit, no. You tell
2: your friends to chill out in their 20s? No.
1: All right, so I'm, maybe I'm different. Like, three of my best friends are married by the time they're, like, 25, 26. All right, that's different. So it's like, you kind of can tell certain dudes Probably just, still cheating. Oh first off, we're talking about cheating. Women cheat as much as men. Oh, here well, we that's go. That's not
2: what we're talking about, but oh, see, that mean, was just my side. <laughs> that was my side shade. We not going see, into see, that. My,
1: but if what, you that's wanna why continue and I off the show, man. That right was
0: the that show. was he, that was a pure, very great definition of a guy. That was great. It was good that I'll is, say in it, all honesty, that was and I think it, it, it comes with time for a man. But
2: I think men, when they're ready, they are ready. ready. And and it's but it
0: just so happens that it's like it's it's not in their (laughs)
2: twenties. It's not. Normally, when men get married in their twenties, it's because of an ultimatum or a baby. (laughs) And normally, the baby is the ultimatum. Like, let's keep it real. Like,
1: so do you think like there's an issue with men committing? Yes. Or wanting to commit?
0: Yes. In their twenties, I just don't think it's. Thoroughly genuine I just I mean I, I don't know Studies that just Has shown That we're, we mature Faster than a man So what we desire And yearn for From an, an adult standpoint Guys are just Not there yet Not They do I do believe One day they, One day They do get there There are just Sometimes guys Just don't want to Be around it anymore But they loved it When they were younger
1: I, I just think Guys just Decided They'll turn the switch On when they turn The switch on No
0: I think it's I think it's Scientific <laughs> I don't
1: think See I know I think it's purely Your circumstances Like I know I have I have male friends that they grew up in a broken household, so they're like, no, I'm getting married. But I got people that grew up two parents. They're like, we're gonna make this happen. Like I, I think it's a lot different and it's more so a lot of the factors around the guy than it is like the, it's the age thing. Why do you think
0: that's guys? I mean, I think that's humans period though, in all aspects of life. <laughs> I just think guys are wired differently. I mean that's why oh, that's, guys. Well, men guys and are women wired, are wired so differently. So that's just how they set word.
2: up. But we got we just Completely forgot about the story about Lawrence on Insecure. He's, I guess I could just put it this way, y'all. He's not going to be on so, season three. So exes don't come
1: back around? No, they
2: don't. Ever? They do, but I'm actually happy about that Lawrence is not coming back this season. She has given two whole seasons to Lawrence and their whole situation. They had their heart-to-heart talk, closure talk, which honestly a lot of people don't do. That's why the ex does come back around because there's never any closure. It's
1: never, it's never, When there's feelings, It's never really
2: closure. We got to wrap up.
1: That's not true okay.
2: either. No one ever has closure? That was, not when the feelings of Let me tell you something. Equal. I could name a list of people that I had yeah, closure I have, with. I, mean, like, I can both, name
1: a lot of people I have closure parties with. It's weird yeah. that both parties are equally... Like, we're splitting on... Both so avenue. so
2: every ex that you have, you have never had closure and you still go around?
1: I'm pretty sure at some and, point... And she
2: wants to be around? I'm
1: pretty I'm pretty sure at some point she, like somebody I've dealt with didn't have closure or something. No, no, at I'm something.
2: talking about currently. Do you currently have exes that you...
1: Haven't had closure with that you still go, or that you're still around. I don't have any issues or any like exes, but yeah, no, I, I don't have any issues or any problems with that. Closure. So closure, not yeah, everything's
2: closed. So then, why would you say that you don't think that people really and have closure? that part. But
1: can
2: you validate? All right, that? so I'm gonna be the first to say you're not making any sense <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go, w- I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with that, okay? That so, I'm gonna just <laughs> team so arts, again. Team Best <laughs> buy. You won't be seeing him this season, unfortunately. Maybe in season four. He'll be back well, season Lawrence, four. That's how it works. Lawrence will not be in season three. To give you guys a quick little recap, they asked Issa, did she care that people were so upset about it? She said, no, she doesn't care at all. She said, we want to stay as true to life as possible. They had a great conversation at the end of season two, and it was just, and it was just about like, hey, she's moving on. Sometimes that happens in life, and we got to move on with it. So the show, remember, is about her. If she's not with him anymore, why does he need to be there? I'm good. I'm over Lawrence. Y'all remember what old girl said? No, you just not a a F-boy. You an F-boy who thinks he's a good person. I'm
1: over Lawrence. Y'all go tell H.U. homecoming, man. That that college flame walks up or whatever like that. Ain't no feelings pop up in your head. Not the person I
2: talked to when I was in Howard. I'm running.
1: Oh, okay.
2: I know what closure looks like. Close the book. Moving on. Cool. Sometimes closure comes in other ways: marriage,
0: babies. Marriage
2: don't the, closure could
0: just come from forgiveness. Oh. oh, that was cute. That was um, so, <laughs> nice. Like, that was so um, nice. I mean, there are people that I there <laughs> there are people that I've dealt with that it didn't end well, and I, to a point where, like, if I saw it in the street, I would I, who knows how I would react. And it took time for me to actually forgive you, and now I can be in your presence and and be okay with it and but, sometimes that's but some i think closure is an internal thing it's not an external thing but,
2: but that's closure but that's not meaning when she sees them passing on the street that they're going to stop and have a whole conversation to possibly open up something
0: that yeah but there's closed. nothing to open anymore we can have a cordial conversation closure but i've forgiven you closure and people
2: have closure you i still re- love you, you should
0: rethink that all right we're gonna go to break
2: break all right, everyone, thanks for listening to the Ratchet Recap. Make sure you listen every Tuesday at 8 o'clock so we can do the Ratchet Recap again. We're about to go into another song. Uh, we got Riri with Be Better Have My Money. It's your girl Lauren Rie right here on What a Ice Radio. We will be right back. And we're back, everybody. It's your girl Lauren Ree right here on What a Ice Radio, and that was Rihanna with Be Better Have My Money. And it's time for the Lauren Reed Live. Let's talk about it, topic of the hour. And again, we have Miss Ashley Fox here. She is the founder of Empify. It's a really, really, really good business that I want her to tell you guys all about. But it has to do with money, of course, financing and investing and different things of that nature. Um, so first and foremost, thank you, Ashley, for coming on the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you here. Um, you're just doing some really 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 good stuff within our communities especially when it comes to um, investments and people uh, learning about money basically because a lot all we hear about is spending 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 but not really the other side of it which w- is good for us which is also investing mm-hmm. but before we get into that kind of want to just kind of talk a little bit about your um, your background you are a Philadelphia native yes um, she is a Hu graduate everybody so like
0: what? Right?
2: Oh. <laughs> see how serious we took that. Like, we don't even, Real quick. we don't even, we don't even play those games. Like, the don't si- even do si- that. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Um, so she went to Hu Everybody School of Business. She graduated. Madam Uh She is just all over yeah, She, she's stunting on everybody out here. So,
0: Ashley, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started. Um, so, graduated from high school here. Went to Howard, my dream was to just make money, wear nice clothes, and work in a high paid <laughs> career. So I figured I like math, I like business, I majored in finance, had this okay. desire to like, work on Wall Street, I just saw myself as this black, powerful woman. Worked on Wall Street, had four internships in school, three of them, I worked at Wall Street investment banks, realized I loved how they paid, and graduated, worked at asset management. So I worked with a group of people who ended up moving to New York full time, um, and I worked for a large investment bank and asset management. So I worked with a group of people who helped manage the money for clients and made $25 million or more. So pretty much, if you had an address in New York and you had over 25 millionaires and not on a nine out of 10 chance, I, was, I could see your bank accounts. Okay. Um, and so, so whether it's owners of basketball team, clothing stores, just the wealthy of all wealthy people, millionaires and billionaires, and I literally saw what they did every day with their money, the ins and outs, where they lived, where they traveled, what they invested in, everything. Um, and I would say maybe about like nine months into being on Wall Street, I realized I didn't have this desire to stay on Wall Street. Okay. Um, because I had more desire, I had more of a desire to pick their brains on how they got money versus teaching them how to keep it. So this big old dream I had to make all this money is kind of like, yeah, you're making six figures. But you're the lowest paid person on the floor and you're dealing with clients who their fees and their mutual funds is what you make a year. And they have hundreds of mutual funds. Mm. So for me, it's just I realized that I'm, they're not smart. They don't work hard. They just know different things. And so when I would come back to Philly, there was a huge disconnect. Because I'm coming back to Philly, I was the first person in my family to go to college. I traveled. I wore nice clothes. So everybody thought I was rich. And it was like, you think I have money. Like, mm-hmm. I see we just work. we just don't. We really don't know what money is, and specifically in the black community, because we have people who we think have a lot of money, and our clients would just look at you like, this is pennies. Like, I just saw that Jay Z and Beyonce paid over a million dollars for the yacht that they rented in Italy, and people were just like, wow, but it's like a million dollars to Jay Z and Beyonce is like $100 to the everyday That's person. So it's, it's more of their level of thinking. And so for me, I realized that there was a disconnect. And I had m- more of a desire to educate the people Wall Street would not serve. Now, how I was going to do that, I had no idea. But I knew that this desire, I had to make money. Um, I just wasn't happy because people, you can't really chase money because you're always going to find somebody that has more of it. So, I was really at a point where I was incomplete and I wanted something more. So, I just quit. <laughs> so, I'm glad you brought that up. Um,
2: I wanted to touch a little bit on with you working on Wall Street. Um, what do you, how did do you, did you find that you went to find that like attending an at HBCU uh, was an advantage or? Oh, like, disadvantage. Well, oh, dis- no,
0: no, no. Okay. So this is interesting because I teach students and I give them both perspectives. So
2: do you think there was a disadvantage or a advantage? So going it was an advantage
0: because Howard School of Business is excellent. It is. I was taught how to play golf, how to eat. I had a resume my freshman year. I was taught how to dress. I was taught how to interview. Like I had, I had. Can I say a joke about that? I wasn't a school of C. Oh, okay. So and we, everyone always yeah. We school <laughs> of C
2: and school of B always goes like back and forth. They be like, you don't do nothing. One of my best and friends we get all the jobs. And they yeah, get all the jobs stuff like that. <laughs> so my uh, best, two of my best friends that I went to Howard with, mm-hmm. both were in the school of business. So while I'm waking up, rolling out of uh, rolling out of bed to go to classes. In sweatpants They were going Wear in suits, suits. Yeah. And so like, I don't know If they still do that But I'm pretty sure That they do But it was like An ongoing joke right. But the school of business At Howard is Is top notch For yeah. sure
1: Very good business school right So
2: so, yeah. did, so
0: while you learned All of those things What do you think the other- So I think um, But what it did not do Is um, I remember Literally It had to be my first week mm-hmm. At my job And I remember I literally remember Exactly where I was In New York And I called my mom I'm Like oh my gosh Why did you ever Allow me Or make me Have white friends because it was so uncomfortable. Really? And even when I had internships, they were for 10 weeks, but I left. And so it was very uncomfortable when, like, for the next three years of my life, mm. I'm the only black girl on my floor. Mm. And the only other black person is an older guy. He sits on the other side. He not paying you, okay, you no know mind. Yeah, so it just was, <laughs> it was different. I think when I first, like, I, I was talked about based off of, like, how my hair was or, like, I had an accent for, for some reason. Like, so for me, I was very self-conscious. Gotcha. Um, I walked in with my head down. Mm. Um, I didn't feel comfortable. I had very low self-esteem at home. I was kind of the it girl, but it's like I'm not at ho- I come home on the weekends if I decide to. So it was very uncomfortable. But what it did do, um, so that's the HBCU. It kind of, the world is not all black, and there's a level of comfort that you have. And so when you're in these environments where there's not black people, it makes you uncomfortable. And the beauty in that is when I left my job, I walked out with my head high. Cool. And I started to, I don't like being a dummy in a room. So, like, if you, I started to travel the world because I saw wealthy people do it. I, they would talk, they would eat certain foods, and so I would just go eat those foods too. So, it forced me to learn other cultures okay. to make me more well rounded. So, now I'm, if I'm in that space, there's still a sense of insecurity, but I remind myself I was made to be in this room, and the confidence comes back.
2: Good. I love that. So, do you, um, do you kind of feel like while you were there on Wall Street and in, in that uncomfortable space, did you have anyone that, still kind of like maybe gave you like a really good piece of advice before you was like you know what I'm done here did you what do you think one of the major things you
0: kind of learned from it um not anyone specifically there was an experience that okay. was my like moment where I was like I don't belong here mm-hmm. um which is crazy I always tell this story so I sat on the 27th floor looking over Park Avenue okay. um and so one of my friends called me and I walked over to the window he's like look out the window. And look down. How do you feel? He's like, How do you really feel? I was like, I feel trapped because all I saw were these people that were free, and I felt like I was trapped. I don't know. So he's like, Okay, close your eyes, open them, and imagine that you're the only person on this floor, and this is your building. How do you feel? Mm -hmm. I was like, I feel on top of the world. And I don't know what that did to me. So like right after that, I went to like my lunch break, and I was just on fire. Mm -hmm. So I came back and I did the same exact exercise with my colleague, and I was like, Look out the window. How do you feel? He's like, I feel fine. I was like, Really? And he was like, Yeah, I feel fine. I was just like really? He was like, yeah. And that's when I realized I don't, it was something I was wired differently. Mm -hmm. Like I had more of, I knew I could be the client when, when as at that job, we got excited if a client sold their company and they made billions of dollars. When it's kind of like, how did you sell that company? Why can't I sell that company? And why am I excited that you You made that money? And I know I deserve to make that money. So, and again, it wasn't that I was better than anybody there. It's just, I knew because I saw it, I knew that I could be it. And I realized if I stayed in my job for 20, 30 years, I would not be in a position to be the client, always servicing on the other end of the table.
2: Love it. So before we go to our break, and when we come back from the break, we're going to definitely get into the business. Did people think you were crazy? Absolutely. For losing, I remember your job? the 30 Under 30
0: <laughs> Conference, the Forbes 30 Under 30 Conference was first here in Philadelphia. I was at a group with um, a group of guys um, who weren't black. And they were just like, wait. So you left working with people with a lot of money to help people who don't have a lot of it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I love what I do. Um, And, and, I mean, granted, I have a father to this day who still tells me to to get a real job. Um, There were people who just looked at me like I was crazy. Um, There were people who were inspired. But to me, I was very big on doing what felt right. Um, I think I spent my entire life being driven by the wrong things, um, which was driven through fear. Whereas I left because it felt right. I had no idea what I was going to do. I knew who I wanted to be. But Amplify was a word I created five months later, and it took me three years to actually define what we did. Um, Now I can thoroughly articulate it, but when I created the word, it was a word I created because I couldn't define what I wanted to give to the world in one word that was in a dictionary, so I just made up the word. Love Um, it. So...
2: And that's a good place to put a post-it note right there, guys, um, because when we come back from the break, like I said, we're going to talk more about the business and kind of like how you birthed the idea and how to, um, the business came up. So what we're going to do real quick is go to, you mentioned Jay-Z and Beyonce, the Carters. <laughs> we're going to play Ape Shit real quick. They come here on Monday. I'm getting ready. Get myself together Get my life So we'll be right back It's your girl Lauren Reed Right here on What Ice Radio With Ashley Fox And JTJ Jones Don't go anywhere We are back everybody It's your girl Lauren Reed Right here on What Ice Radio And that was the Carters With Abe Shit And we're gonna jump Right back into our interview With Miss Ashley Fox So Ashley um, The business mm-hmm. Amplify um,
0: it's a, I'll let you talk about it Tell us what the, the business Actually is um, So I'm One thing I learned About Wall Street Is that it's not about how much money you have. It's about the mindset you have around money. There is a pure disconnect as to how wealthy people think, how they read, how they travel, how they communicate with their children to people who don't have a lot of money. And I realize that there's a mental barrier that needs to be it's – like, it's like a – language. Like this way I describe it is like there's a language wealthy people speak, and there's a language the middle America speaks, or when poor people – wealthy people understand your language, middle America, but you don't understand theirs. I'm the gap between the two, and I merge them together. So I'm able to articulate. I can sit in a room with a Warren Buffett and have a, an intellectual conversation, and I can sit in a classroom with a child who grew up in a projects and have an intellectual conversation, and I can display what a Warren Buffett would say in a language a child will understand. So essentially for me, I felt like it was my God-given purpose to be the example but also articulate the things that are not taught in our school systems, that are not talked about at the dining room table when we eat. So for me, amplify essentially is the word empower and modify merge together because first, we give you education. You can Google everything that we teach, everything. The real question is, why don't you take that information and do something with it? Because there is a lack of inspiration to make you believe you are deserving of this. So that's where the empower part comes from. Once you get the education, you get the empowerment, you then change who you are. You change how you think, which is where Modify comes from. So a lot of what we do is psychological. A lot of our content is based off of the growth mindset theory. I will speak into you before I speak to you. In the midst of that, once you're ready, I give you the tools and resources because I truly believe that we can live out, our truest potential if we do not allow money to block us. So for me, if I remove the money barrier, I can then release who you're capable of being. So, so you take the money piece of it out of it first. first, And then, then you're able to receive it. Okay. It's kind of like when, I, when you sit and you talk about investments, it's big words, big numbers. You can sit and have a conversation with me, and I can have you captivated and wanting to learn more because mm-hmm. it's now something you feel like you deserve to have versus something that you don't even feel like you can connect with. And so... What we do, we create financial education um, content. So first, for children, we create in classroom curriculum. So we have, and a this con- is with Amplify University, Ampl- Amplify University, Ampl- Amplify University yeah. right? So we create programs for middle school, high school, and college students. So we have a contract with a school district. We've been in over fifty schools, um, but we implement programming in the classroom. So we're either facilitated as like a math class or like an after school program or outside of school. Programs um, for students. And then I'm also a financial advisor. So I do, I would say 15% of my time, I do work with individual clients. I've actually built a financial advisory business. Most people don't know that because I don't like publicly say that. Okay. Um, but I have over 200 clients all throughout the country, and nice. I've helped them invest. Um, over 1.5 million dollars and these are people who don't have a lot of money on the verge of floor, foreclosure, bad credit, single mothers um, and so for me I got to a point where it's like okay God put me here for something bigger because if I can sit if I don't eat or sleep I can do 12 meetings a day so what what happens to the single mom in Texas who wants the education and I can't connect with her so how can I build something much bigger that can create the same feeling I could give someone individually and so we also create online programming and um, in-person classrooms for adults as well. So Obviously. when it's all said and done, Empify is a school, a yeah. place both brick and mortar and online where you can get the things that you want to learn, but it's just not there in front of you because you don't have the bank account to receive it.
2: I was just going to touch on that. Um, you cover all age ranges, basically, and um, I was going to talk about how important it is to start this learning at an early
0: age. Um, it looks like you start around, like, ma- uh, middle school age, middle school age. That's just, eventually it will be elementary. It's just that when I was running a pilot program, I wasn't ready to teach mm-hmm. elementary kids. It's That's a different kind of learning. Yeah, you got to have a different <laughs> type of kids, patience for so. Me neither, so you got to have a different
2: <laughs> type of patience for it. Um, but how do you think that we, instead of having an after-school program or whatever, um, or just kind of, like, trickled in, what do you think it would take to actually get get this type of information in every day, Um, curriculum for schools
0: a couple things one is going to happen Um, because I essentially figured out how to get into school that was not by accident Mm -hmm. It, it was intentional I just figured out how like I'm not a teacher I've created my own curriculum I actually just hired a curriculum specialist to make my curriculum right and tight but what I'm going to do now is we're going to start aligning our program with the common core and the common core are the standards that kids have to that define if they're smart right or not. Um, and that's the bottom. Like, as a business, the bottom line is your net income, your profit. Mm. At a school, the bottom line is those test scores. So if I can do something to enhance your test scores, everybody wins in this process. So for me, we're we're not just teaching financial education. I can intertwine math, reading, English, and science into my curriculum um, because the core concepts do not change. How you teach it to a child may change, but I can intertwine it. Like, I can teach you stocks, and we can talk about percentages, ratios, and fractions all day. And so getting someone who specializes in that to a point where now our programming supplements what is being taught in the classroom. This isn't just something that's extra that schools are finding money for. This is now something you need. Ultimately, creating an actual math curriculum that is in an entire school just has wealth-building principles intertwined with it. But prove, I, can, I will eventually prove to you that this moves the needle when it comes to these test scores with these kids. Nice.
2: Love it. So um, <clears throat> I see that you also take your students – on trips, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, you recently visit um, the Twitter headquarters mm-hmm. in New York. So how did that come about, and how does how does taking them out and them actually seeing it kind of propel them in another way to see the the business from another way? So
0: I realized I went to Central High School in Philly. Nice. So our education was different. I went to Howard University. I grew up in the Northeast. Granted, I grew up middle class, but like it wasn't until I lost everything that I and I got evicted from my apartment and I lost it that I actually knew what it felt like not to have money. But having contracts with schools and seeing these schools, it broke my heart to a point where it's like, I need to build my own school. Like, I'm the type of person, if I don't like something, I'll go fix it and I'll build it myself. So for me, it was like, I don't want to say I was privileged. I just, I've been around millionaires and billionaires. So my level of excellence is the, is the utmost. And so for me, it was like the DNA of Empify is Philadelphia, D.C., where I went to college, in New York City. That is the makeup of why I do what I do. And if I, am, I invest, and I didn't come from a family of, of investors, and I believe in myself, and I did feel like I deserve to be that billionaire, and I'm meeting children who don't even think they can leave Philadelphia in life, it's like I'm no different than you because I know who I was before Ashley who was on Wall Street, Ashley who invests. So for me it's like, okay, how can I expose the world to what I was given? And the first thing is I need my kids out this city. I, that changed me going to Howard. Me working on Wall Street changed my entire life, and I would not change that at all. So it's like I need my kids to get the same feeling I get every time at 29 years old I feel when I go to New York City. So for me, getting them to New York, seeing the – fight. so we talk about investments. This is the New York Stock Exchange. This is Wall Street. You know, this is where, you know, the people in suits are. And then it got to a point where it's like, okay – um, the se- that was the first year. So we took one school to, to New York, and we did a Wall Street tour the first year. This year, um, we took four schools. But I wanted to take it to the next level because I think, especially as minorities, we are the consumer. There are Fortune 500 companies because we spend our dollars. There, There is no Fortune 500 company if we do not that's, have our, our buying that's power. That's so
2: real, and the people that you're teaching don't even understand it. Right,
0: Be- but because we are, there's such a lack inside of us that we need these things to define who we are. And so, and it's nothing, I get it. I like nice stuff, too. It's just that there are people who were my client who make money because you watch their players on the basketball court and they're just sitting back in their billion-dollar business. So, again, I just want my students to realize you can consume the product and service, you can work at this company. So by going to Twitter, my students now saw black and Spanish engineers. Mm -hmm. So now they believe, hey, first of all, my kids just thought Twitter was an app. They didn't even know what Twitter was or how do we go to an app. So now it's like (laughs) this is something you use, something you know. You can work here, but I also like to partner with publicly traded companies. So you can also own Twitter. So you you can either you can consume Twitter, you can work at Twitter, and you can own Twitter, or you can create your own Twitter. And I just want the child to have the possibility. I think we're taught to go to school, get a job, and get a job and pay for school, like literally. And so I want my kids to know you can create the basketball team. You don't just have to play for the basketball team. You can own the label, not just be the rapper. You can create the company, not just work in it. But I would rather the child choose what they want versus society telling them where they should be and <laughs> giving them those options. Because you
2: can still work at the company but still have a good investment in the company and other things as well. No, you work. can. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or, um, and even if they don't even give it to you, you can do it on your own. You yeah. know. So it's just showing students that it is possible um, because I believe I can do anything because of what I saw because what I saw makes it now possible. If the kids never see it, they don't believe it's obtainable. I just want them to see it to then see, hey, Maybe I can do this because the opportunity was placed in my lap. And, I'm, you know, I've seen people like me. I can do these things. But you have to get out of Philadelphia to see that. Good stuff. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to
2: talk about two posts that I just recently seen on your Instagram. (laughs) Um, One had to do with uh, paying your rent or buying shares. (laughs) And another one you talked about, LeBron James. And we're going to get into that a little bit when we get back. Um, We're going to go into Wu-Tang with Cream, everybody. (laughs) <laughs> and when we come back, we got more with Ashley Fox. We are back, everybody. It's your girl, Lauren Reed, right here on What Ice Radio. The behind-the-scenes conversation is good and good. Uh, we have Miss Ashley Fox here from Impify. and she got a lot of knowledge. She up here dropping those gems. Make sure you guys are catching them. Uh, we're going to jump right back into the interview because I do my research, you know, before I had my guests come on the show, and I was... She, she means she checks Instagram. No, that's not what I mean. I actually do my research. It's more than, I mean, some of it has to do with Instagram, yes, but most of the time I do her. Other research. It wasn't in her Instagram page. She just,
0: this is new. This was like less than 24 hours what she just said. Yeah, what the what I'm about to talk about. (laughs)
2: Exactly, I'm on it. Listen, (laughs) so you put up a post um, recently. I just put my phone in a charger, but you asked, I guess, your followers, (laughs) should you pay your rent for the month or should you invest and buy shares of Amazon, mm-hmm. right? So,
1: support the evil empire.
2: First,
0: get into why you put that out there. Um, uh, it was a joke. It was a my friend and I were on the phone. Okay, so Amazon's earnings are about to release on 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 the 26th, right? Mm-hmm. The last time Amazon released earnings in the first quarter, the stock went up 7% in seconds. Just to give you an idea, the stock market as a whole averages anywhere between 7 to 9% in a year. Amazon did that in a day. So for me it's like Amazon is just scratching the surface. I cannot, I just, I need to be a part of this. Like, I need to own as many shares of Amazon, no matter how much it costs, As much. that's just me. Mm-hmm. So, I was just like, pretty much Amazon stock is like, how much my rent costs? Like, so you're going to pay your rent, you're going to get, like, what's coming first? And I so, I posted it, and I said, you know, should I buy stock at Amazon or pay my rent? And it's... Like,
2: 63% of people say pay your rent, yeah, right? So,
0: so I, it said, <laughs> it said, F the rent. Or I'm too fine to be homeless. And they had to choose. Right. And it was interesting. All the messages I was getting, like, no, pay your rent, do this. And, like, girl, this number of penalties. It just was interesting. So the, so the point I was making was, one, I've been kicked out of places before, so I will never. I love my apartment too much to get kicked out. Of. So <laughs> that's the first thing. Second of all, rent is due on the 5th. <laughs> so I have time. I have time. And two, I wanted to make a point that we are so obsessed with bills that we miss out mm. on opportunities to invest. So, and that's we such pay... the
2: opposite of what people, but,
1: but that's not what we're taught talk... growing up. Is always like, we had pay to pay you know, that's bill. what I'm saying. We're like, we always scrambling from a point of behind. It's yeah, I think our parents, at least our, generation, our parents, had a generation of fear. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we acquired X, Y, and Z, we finally got that house. We finally are doing X, Y, and Z. Right. So I I can't lose. I can't lose. I can't lose. And you're
0: right. I was the, that post was literally, literally. So I literally said, I'm just curious to see who's willing to risk it all to live their best life. I'm an entrepreneur. I've lost it all to live my best life. And it was interesting because one of my other entrepreneur friends, when I screenshotted that I bought it. He was like, I have a certain level of respect for you. He was like, because late rent doesn't mean eviction. It means penalties. But investing means you will be in a position to never pay rent again. That's Amen. how. Amen. That's, that's a that's word. How, repeat <laughs> that. That was a word. Whoever the friend was, you just said a whole sermon. It was a whole sermon. That's how I see life. And everyone's just like, no, I need a roof over my head. But it's like, you look up at the end and. At the end of the month, all the bills are paid. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I had to invest. I don't know how to say It's like it's the same cycle. And it's just like we are slave to bills when I would just rather be a slave to investments. And for me, I missed out on Amazon when I wanted it $800 because I kept telling myself, you don't have $800, you don't have $800.
1: And it's like I got it. A- you, you too? No, I'm, I'm the, the maddest story about investing I'm mad at is I feel like I'm big on understanding trends. So Facebook had a dive in popularity when, prefer, when uh, Twitter just first came out, right? Facebook got down so it was like seventeen and nineteen, and I just started using Facebook, and I'm like, Facebook is nineteen dollars. I got it on my phone. Mm-hmm. James pulled a trigger. James
2: pulled a trigger. You didn't pull it, the trigger. It,
1: no, but then when that Zuckerberg scandal hit, uh-huh. it, dropped, it dropped to like 160, one f- sixty. Yeah, one forty. Yeah. I was like, James, it drops under one fifty, grab it. It drops under one fifty, grab it. Mm-hmm. And I don't monitor it because I get mad
0: and I
1: looked at I don't it. Watch. I just bought it. I looked at it. today like, like $213, which it, like, 200. for, yeah. like an insane. The ex- experiment I did was just look up some initials. My initials are J and J, Johnson and Johnson. Mm-hmm. So I followed that stock. It literally will like cut in half every like five years do a sock split. You yeah. just like kept on this doing mm-hmm. stuff like that and following your phone, you'll just see like, oh crap, I'm missing money. So
0: Yeah, so so you ended up buying. I did. And even though it's crazy. I was so happy that day. Like, I was, it was like, i my job, I own, I already, I own two shares of Amazon now. The goal is 20. But I was like, I had this, like, happiness inside. Like, I felt so good. Like, I don't know.
1: I'm glad you said that, for, even for me, because, like, I always think, like, you had to buy a, a ton of stock. Yep. Like, and for me, it's like, I'm looking like, yo, I want to make it living cost, like, 500. Do I really want to get one, one share of Apple, or do I so, need
0: it? So, w- one of the things that I, so, because I always was always around people with money, I would like they would invest ten million. And I would just start with a hundred dollars, and it was like I will a hundred dollar my way to ten million. And it's like I would rather have somebody give me five dollars every week for the rest of my life than to never put aside five dollars. So, nothing you can do too is add a zero, add a zero when you're spending money to check yourself to see if you really need to spend it, or add a zero when you're investing to make you feel like it's bigger than what it is. But you, so investing before- is a habit. It's not. It's it's not a ver. It's not. It's it's. It's a part of who you have to be. Like this, this is something you do. This is who you so are. It's a, like, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. But for me, I I was showing people. Like I was just curious to see because I was going to buy the stock and pay my rent regardless. Like I'm not. I was actually going to say that. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty. I'm, sure I'm not you encouraging want. people not to pay their <laughs> bills. I'm encouraging to pay yourself first and then you take care of your bills. Now you don't have to go spend eighteen hundred dollars on a stock like I did, but you can go buy. Apple stock for $200 because I'm pretty sure you got the iPhone X and the iPhone costs more than the stock does so and I'm not saying whatever it is all I'm saying is
1: buy something that pay, you like use you said, pay like, yourself first. Yeah. EA Sports man mm-hmm. back in Matt, like I don't think I purchased every single man if you follow EA Sports when I first started like back when I was in middle school it was like $7 and it's kept on going up and as video games the stuff we consume as black people we create the culture we're the consumers mm-hmm. like we, we set the tone so, a lot of the stuff you're on the cutting edge for, for investing in it, like, it's like, 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 I'm just, I'm getting expired now, I'm about to go home and buy some stuff. <laughs> I'm
2: to the That's the whole point of it, right? So, one, the one last post I wanted to talk about, because you were so passionate when you were talking about it, was, <laughs> was about, um, I just lost it. Okay, here we go. About, if you uh, want to build wealth, be like LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So... Cool. Talk a little bit about how like that came about and what's your you
0: know thought process behind that. Well, one, everything I do, I try to understand the receiver of the information. I always say there's nothing wrong with the student. If the student doesn't understand, there's something wrong with the teacher and how they communicate. So for me, I need you to understand me. And finance people are oftentimes very smart, too smart sometimes, where it can belittle the people who don't believe in themselves. So for me, I have to articulate how I feel, what I want to tell you, in the language you get. Everyone knows who LeBron is. Granted, there are plenty of people who are not LeBron James that are a Robert Smith, for example, that most black people may not know, but he's a billionaire, too. My kids don't know who that is. So let me just talk about who you do know. So that's why I made reference to LeBron. Um, LeBron James is very strategic in what he does. And he he is the definition of what our our clients were when I was on Wall Street, like pure definition. And so what he's doing. What are some of those characteristics? um, He owns everything he touches. There is no, he started, I'll take a check. So one of the things I think athletes need to understand is when you have these endorsement deals, if a company's offering you $10 million for you to appear in a commercial, even if it's $5 million, $10 million, $20 million, that means that you are the investment, which means that they assume their return on investment will be a lot higher than, what, than, they're than what they're giving you, which means that you add value. Without this great black man in this commercial on this court, you are not a billionaire because the, the consumer won't buy the product unless my face appears on that TV screen. So if you understand that there is no billionaire without your presence, you say, billionaire, we're going to get in business together. You're not paying me like I'm an expense. You're giving me ownership. And when LeBron got his Nike deal, there's equity involved. There's a pure difference between Michael Jordan and his sneakers and LeBron James and his sneakers. If LeBron James... Never sells a sneaker again a day in his life, he will forever make money because he owns a piece of Nike. Pay me in equity, right? me reverse out of debt. Right. And, and this is so, <laughs> and it, it's so interesting because I, I posted something about you, that too. You did. It's just, Daisy and Beyonce, we look at them like they're talking heavy, and it's just like they're actually giving you game of what they're doing. You, It just goes over your head because you're so enamored that they're Jay Z, Beyonce when it's just like, no. The fact that she says pay me in equity means this is forever money. Like, this isn't a check that I get that I can spend. This is forever,
1: but that isn't a new concept for at least those two. Like, Hope was talking about that, right? Like, right. Like, when the right. magazine cover, like, put me on, Mac so you can sell more money. Right? right. It's like, Le- right. Le- LeBron, The reason why LeBron is the good is LeBron, a put his friends on, and, it, and his friends actually work. Yes, he actually has a sports agent. He's a sports agent. He owns that agency. Like, and he isn't
2: he, his agency one like almost one of the top, uh, yes.
0: one of the sports agencies right now? And it's, it's he owns
1: every he, he everything. everything he does
0: is it's not just off of emotion. It's not because I want to flex on Instagram. It's I'm cool with who I am and I understand my power. But there's also a game that has to be played to obtain your power, and he plays the game very well. Like I'll give an example, maybe like a Diddy or a Kanye. They both can be articulate, but Jay Z's more universal. He can be he can be part owner of the Barclays Center and only have a one percent share, of whatever he had. But without Jay Z, that stadium would not be who he is. He needed that Russian billionaire to get his face attached to that. But that Russian billionaire also needed Jay Z. A Kanye West will be like, "Well, f you, I'm mad," like which turns people away. And I think we have to understand as blacks in in the state that we're in, we cannot fight bite the hand that feeds us because whether we like it or not we cannot turn left right behind go forward and, and touch a company that is not owned by somebody that is not black therefore if you own the space you have to respect who owns it that doesn't mean you're it's not possible for you to be that way but you have to play the game and lebron plays the game very well where he is who he is but he's not disrespecting anybody in this process He's just being who he is strategically to get to that billion dollars and he's in the midst building of it. wealth at the same time. Right. He's
1: building a lot more than wealth. I don't know how much he's sitting but
0: on. But it. it's just it's just. I just need athletes to know that you can do this. Like a rapper. Like like. All all the rap, like you are we are culture. Like these these everything is not we don't own anything. So that means we are making other people money. And if we if we understand how valuable we are. We will realize that we too can create, not just
1: consume. So do you think that we leverage our, no. our, our? I don't like. I think leveraging what we bring to the table, like, it's, like, there's no reason why so much stuff happens in the record, like, like, just content. Mm-hmm. Like, we, there's no reason why we need to have. Insecure could have been made ten five years ago, possibly. Like, all these show Oprah has a network now, but like content that we create, there's no reason that it, it shouldn't be minority owned and driven. Like, a lot of the biggest black projects were produced by people of not color. And it made, like, uh, Black Panther. I mean, Disney owned the rights to that, but we could have bought that. They bought they bought for it's, 200, it's, $200 billion. Dollars. It's, it's,
0: it's, but we, we also have to understand, we don't own a Disney yet. But we have to believe that we can. and And in order to get, it's kind of like... In order for you to actually thoroughly... I think I have a very interesting perspective on how I run a business because I've been an employee and I've been a business owner. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have a mom who, like, she loves her job. She's been her job for years. But there's just certain things that I wouldn't tolerate if she worked at my job. But granted, she is who she is. She's over 50. I get it. But I understand because I know it feels like to be at my desk and not want to work and go be out on lunch break for two hours. If I own a business, you're not doing that. But I understand people. And I think we have to understand who we are dealing with and how society operates. Like, we may not be able... We may not own a Disney, but the problem is we don't believe we can create Disney.
1: Create or find the next one to help out. Right. and think you be in growth right. find out what the next hit is.
0: But we can use a Disney. Take advantage of the opportunities that Disney gives us and elevate ourselves, which is what I think LeBron does. He doesn't have to play basketball anymore. At the end of the day, he's still an employee. But he's utilizing that platform to grow his brand to then get to a point, if I want to buy the NBA... I can do Look, it.
1: They, they they really don't like LeBron ushered in the, the, the play the player empowerment era. Yeah, is the first, like he taking these short deals, putting pressure on ownership. He doesn't even talk to the owner of the Cavaliers, and he got a max contract. He said, "I want this max contract. I'm gonna sign year to years." But because he
0: realizes you need me more than I need you. We have this sense of dependency because we don't believe in our capabilities. Mm. He just believes in who he is enough that I'm not taking the check. You're going to give me what I want so the value is added mutually. We are just so accustomed to not having money that we just take the stardom or we just feel like we're not good enough. So we want the fame. We want the money. Give it to me because I haven't seen it before as opposed to realizing the longevity and the legacy that we can create and everything with him is longevity. There's nothing short-term that he does at all.
2: Where it kind of brings you back to the business where – the portion of your the name of your business is Empower mm-hmm. because you have to install that to empower the people. Right, I need to you be to believe that, first. To be able to do that. Because
0: I'll give it to you, and if you don't believe you can use it, what good is it? I need to, I need your mind to be right for your bank account to be right because you can have the bank account and your mind still be messed up, which is why we typically lose our money because we are not right as a people.
2: So believe first, resource later. Yeah. That's basically it.
0: We just go for the resources. Like, I need to fix you. Let's fix you. What's wrong with you? There's a reason you shop all day. There's a reason you party all day. The same way you operate with life is how you're going to operate with your money. Your values are messed up. So let's get to the root of where those came from. How were you raised? What what do you do? You know, how do you consume your time? And getting to the root of that, fixing that, pouring belief into you, so then you realize, I can do this little by little, share by share. Next thing you know, you can have a million dollars if you keep at it, but if you don't believe you can do it, you're never going to start. Is it ever too late? No, I have an 80-year-old grandma. I just bought her stock for her 80th birthday because she asked for it. (laughs) <laughs> and she wore a wealth builder shirt the next day and I didn't tell her to do it so she made me realize that there isn't and, and she, this is the first time she ever bought stock and she's 80 years old love it so. all right you guys we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back
2: we're gonna do the Lauren Re live wrap up with Ashley Fox this is some really good stuff you guys don't go anywhere stay right there
0: Four in business and other
2: we are back, everybody. It's your girl, Lauren Reed, right here on Water Ice Radio. And that was Travis McCoy featuring Bruno Mars with Billionaire. And again, we have Miss Ashley Fox for Amplify here. And also my boy, Jay the Jones from Good Vibe. Lonely is here co-hosting for me, filling in for Jay the Gentleman. Thank you for being here tonight, everybody. So, Ashley, this interview has been amazing. Your tips have been great. You've been spreading a lot of good knowledge for the people. What's going on next for you and for Amplify?
0: Hmm... So that you can tell us. I know. I'm actually getting ready to start doing in-person class classes okay. for adults and children outside of school and outside okay. of being virtual. Are they one-on-one? I already do that. Okay. Um, no. To a point where, like, I, used, I got into this when I was doing small workshops. One mm-hmm. of my biggest workshops was at UPenn almost five years ago, and over 100 people showed up. So mm-hmm. doing what I do in the classroom, but giving adults access to it. Versus it being individual, versus it being virtually, you're actually in a classroom with a notebook and a pen, and we're actually going to work. How long is the course? No more than two hours.
2: No, like the, the whole course process? Like, is
0: it for my kids? No, 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 for, for the adults. Like, is it a five-week oh, course? The, no, 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 it'll literally just be like a Saturday. A Saturday, okay. You can register for this program. Um, it's just going to be a unique approach to how I I do it. Are there still any slots open for people or? It hasn't even been released yet. Okay. okay. No one even knows this. I'm not, I'm not. (laughs) Exclusive everybody. But no, people have kept asking me like, when am I going to travel? When am I going to do in-person classes? Um, I think there was, there was just, I just had a lot going on and now it's just like, I want to be consistent with the distribution of content that I give people. Um, and I do love to teach. Okay. Um, I don't want to do it all the time because I can reach more people through technology. However, I do want to teach. Um, we are strengthening our curriculum. Um, starting next year, I'm going to distribute my content not just through me teaching, but hiring individuals and training people. Because we've been approached by five different cities. I'm just not at the point where I can expand. So I want to strategically expand a business where there is an Ashley and there is an Amplify. Right now, if you wanted to buy Amplify, you've got to take Ashley with you. Okay. So I want to be able to build a business that works. It'll be like a... You watch Own because of Oprah, but Own can sustain itself too. Oprah just helped make that brand. Um, and so we're going to be strengthening our curriculum in the classroom with kids, expanding to more schools. We're probably going to be in New Jersey um, with our content as well. And yeah, just more so aligning it, going after larger contracts, cool. um, lot more organizations, more Wall Street tours, more corporate sponsorships, just kind of amplifying everything Amplify did over the past five years. So where can... Em- plug. Yes, <laughs> right? Amazing plug. <laughs> Which leads me <laughs> like, into... Where can people find all of this stuff to keep up with what you got coming up soon? Um, So, our website is Empify.com. Interesting. We're actually redesigning our entire website. So, it'll actually be like a school platform. So, that's coming. Um, Social media at underscore Ashley M. Fox. So, A-S-H-L-E-Y-M as in Marie. Fox F O X and at Amplify. And that's on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything.
2: My bad. How can I forget? Shout out for being in
0: Forbes. Oh, thank you. That <laughs> was really dope, right? <laughs> that was really
2: a, that was thank part you. of the interview. And also, um, a writer for Black Enterprise as well. Yeah. I'm actually about to write another article too, another publication. Nice just nice, the day. Nice, nice. Really. Good stuff. Drop in bombs. And <laughs> that's what we do here on the Lauren yeah. Ree Live Show on Water Ice like Radio. This is
1: news. But you gotta be
2: a, do, you gotta be doing something to come yeah. up in here and talk it's, about it.
1: Maybe having a fish fry. Up.
2: Forget about <laughs> Kylie, all right? We just talked about he <laughs> talked about the fish. Fry. <laughs>
0: Stupid.
2: Forget about Kylie being on Forbes. We got Ashley Fox here that was on Forbes.
0: Trust fund baby. So there you
1: go. I want to be a trust fund baby.
0: Create them. You gotta you gotta create a trust in order to get a trust fund baby to be a byproduct mm. of it. Love so, it. so it's some, I always ask my Have a baby people. by me, baby. Be yeah, a millionaire. Just, <laughs> you, sometimes. a hot line. Like, is that a way that you can, you can improve your wealth? No, because that creates a codependency, which shows a lack of your belief in yourself. It's mm. great to... It's the
2: great Miss Medina, who's pregnant by uh, Floyd Mayweather, oh, whoever she's pregnant. No, whoever the new girlfriend is. I, don't, I think Bad I mean, Medina was the old girlfriend.
0: Hey, it's I mean, the new girlfriend. She's what they worked oh,
1: with in wow. the beginning. I mean, that could be the best thing. But do. that's
0: some. That's sometimes the strategy. I do think it still comes from a codependency because we. Do you? This is. We
2: should be just closing the show out, but I would have <laughs> to ask you one last question. <laughs>
0: Seriously, do you talk to
2: um, females in your class about not being codependent? No. And, um, and when I don't.
0: I'm just making reference to what I see on the outside as opposed to displaying and telling a woman you're codependent. That's sometimes offensive. It's more of belief into her, so she believes that she doesn't have to be dependent at all. Because what will happen is there may be a woman, and this has actually happened where I've had people on Instagram reach out to me, and I know the kind of girl you are, but I've had people say, like, if I wasn't the way I was, I would be like you. So there is a sense inside of people wanting more for themselves. They just don't believe that they can get it. So, So again, putting it in them. Right. So that they that, realize too. it themselves. I can't tell you, hey, you know, you can't do this, but it's like, I'll make you second guess, hmm, maybe it's possible for me to be a better person and I can do this.
1: When that dual income is working together properly and is aligned.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's nothing wrong with marrying a millionaire, hey. but I, it's like... There's nothing wrong
2: with being Eve and marrying a billionaire.
0: My, my <laughs> husband... My husband is not but it's not like Eve was just a Joe Schmo Instagram girl married. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean she she would have been fine with being Eve, she just found someone to elevate her, but you also don't know the value that she brings to him. him. Like that's a really good but point. It's
1: not even about marrying a billionaire. If you take, if you, if you both making thirty thousand, you come together, y'all making sixty, and y'all moving together. Yeah. Y'all can do a lot over the course of time.
0: Or the, and, and, or if he makes more, she makes more. It's about the partnership and the growth that comes with it. I think that's all we yearn for, any, anyways, people. I mean, just wanting somebody with money is all external. Why do you want somebody with the money? Because of what it makes you feel like on the outside. And right. you need something to define you on the outside means you're not right and on the, the inside. inside. Amen to that. All right, we're really going to end the show now. <laughs>
2: all right, make sure everybody goes to Empify.com to see what's going on. Also, make sure you follow Ashley on uh, Instagram, all different, all social medias. Is that correct? Yes. All right, cool. And make sure you guys come back next week on the Learn Read Live show right here on What I Rise Radio. Make sure you download the free tune-in app so you can be here at 8 o'clock on the dot. Jay to the Jones, you can come back whenever you want to. <laughs>
1: go ahead and get your free plug in for GVO. Oh, yeah, next Friday. Everybody have a good time. Um, come down to Spin Philly. Uh, we have drink special, 7 to 10 p.m. complimentary Ping Pong for some people. RSVP now, giving out free T-shirts as well. So should be a good time.
2: All right, there you go, everybody. And never forget, not all superheroes wear capes. Sometimes they wear headphones. Peace.